Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. Happy Sunday, everybody. Joe Lauro here, and you are listening to the American Grooves Radio Hour at our new time, Sunday at 4 o'clock, and we're going to repeat it for all you night owls at 10 o'clock, also tonight. So here we are, and that was Stuff Smith and his Rhythm Rascals, Old Joe's Hitting the Jug. Oh, Lord. And we're playing all songs about Joe. Why? Because I'm celebrating my birthday with you. My birthday is April 7th, and I said, you know, I can't really have a party in the studio. That's not really permitted. So let me celebrate Joe's. Oh, there's so many Joe's out there. And you know what? There's so many songs written about Joe. So we're going to have an evening of Joe songs. But before we kick it into high Joe gear, let's celebrate another memorable birthday, April 7th, 1915. 
Billy Holiday. I don't know too many 21-year-olds that can sing like that or could sing like that. And we are celebrating her birthday. It was April 7th, born in 1915. And this is your Joe show. And Joe here, it's my birthday on April 7th. And we had to figure out something to do tonight. So you're going to hear some Joe songs and maybe a little bit more Billy. Coming here I really regret 
First the young girl shake up the thing, cause me to bust up me banjo string. Just tell me what you intend to do. Don't you know I'm engaged to you? I don't want to see not to know. I'm not that loving up Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, boy, you come in time. Who did he now make up his mind? Tell the world I am going to whine from eight o'clock until half past nine. A school teacher was there that day. This is what I can bong to say. She took a drink and she break away and shake that thing for a half a day. And Mr. Cyril Monroe played that thing with the old banjo.
Uncle Joe takes a bath once every fall. Can't wash on over because the tub's too small. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Oh, Uncle Joe. Oh, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe. in Wilson a little bit late in their 78 RPM career. Uncle Joe with a great little swing band recorded around 1938. And before that, we heard a little bit of a medley recorded in 1927 in, in Atlanta by the Macon Quartet. Not sure who those fellows were, but that was a tune from, say, 1905 called When Uncle Joe Plays a Fiddle on His Old Banjo. So we're going Uncle Joe Wild right now. Started it off with the great Calypso entertainer from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, Wilmoth Houdini. Give me some more, Uncle Joe, recorded in Trinidad in 1928 for the Columbia, I'm sorry, for the OK record label. You know, my father was an Uncle Joe. I come from a long line of Joes, and I think uh, he probably had about 12 to 15 nieces and nephews. I have a few myself. And um, hello to all of you if you happen to be listening. I tend to doubt it, but maybe a few of you are. So tonight, in keeping with our theme of songs about Joe, here is yet another probably that you've never heard. Band gets through, you got to stop that wiggling till I need. 
stop that wriggling with me Oh, stop it, Joe On the level, take it slow You little devil, listen, Joe You got to take your time I know what's working on your mind Stop it, Joe What's this all about? Ain't nothing doing What you thinking about? Don't mind dancing till the band gets through You got to stop that wiggling too With me Take it easy, Joe Yeah. 
larger I grow. Any kind angel will know at the gate when you ask for your darling We started the set off with Rosetta Crawford, 1939, Stop It Joe. This was her revival. She had been recording blues records in the early 1920s and kind of laid off for a while, came back in the late 30s, was rediscovered. And that band has James P. Johnson on piano and a lot of other great New York musicians backing her up. Sidney Ladnier is on that, I believe, the great New Orleans trumpet player, and um, after that, we, we went to an entire different place. We went to early bluegrass country with the Monroe Brothers, uh, Charlie Monroe and his more famous brother, Bill Monroe, Lil Joe. You're just tuning in, folks. This is Joe Laro, and you're listening to the American Grooves Radio Hour, and we're right here every Sunday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and then repeating at 10 o'clock at night on 88.3, serving eastern Long Island and southern Connecticut, 96.9 in western Suffolk. That's new, so you can hear me in my old hometown of Massapequa. And we're streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms and smart speakers. Even some of the not-so-smart speakers are picking up this channel. And tonight... We're playing songs in my honor for my birthday, Joe songs. It's amazing what is out there, how many there actually are, and actually how many are on Shellac 78s in my library. Everything we play on American Grooves Radio Hour is from the original 78 RPM record. I don't know that there's too many NPR stations or or shows that are doing purely 78 rpm broadcast well we're one and we're right here in southampton here's another song about joe I'm 
Jimmy Noon and his Apex Band 
recorded in Chicago in 1929 with Earl Hines playing the piano, Jimmy Noon on probably soprano sax there, and also there's a clarinet player. So it's an unusual band in that there's two reeds playing lead, no trumpet, no trombone, but that was their tune called King Joe, no doubt written for their mentor, King Joe Oliver, a great New Orleans trumpet player, cornet player, the man that brought Louis Armstrong out of New Orleans into Chicago and on with his great career. That was Joe Oliver, one of the great patron saints of the cornet New Orleans style. Now, before that, released on the big old red OK label, was the Georgia Crackers doing their version in 1927 of an old-time fiddle tune. It was ancient even then, called Diamond Joe. Now, that was a standard, and it's still played today. I've heard old-timey bands playing it. Now, Jules Allen, who we're going to play next, he was the original singing cowboy, so they billed him at. And around the time, he was actually living on the range, true cowboy, hearing songs from other cowboys, singing around the campfire at night, songs that Alan Lomax later collected. Here is his version of Little Joe the Wrangler, recorded for Victor Records in 1927. Little Joe the Wrangler, he wrangle never more. His days with the remover, they are old. Twelve a year ago, last April, that he rode into our camp. Just a little Texas stray and all alone. It was late in the evening, he rode up to our herd on a little Texas pony he called Shaw. With his broken shoes and overalls, a tougher-looking kid you never in your life before had saw. His saddle was a Texas cack made many years ago with an old case spur on one foot lightly swung. His hot roll in a cotton sack so loosely tied behind and his canteen from his saddle horn was swung. He said he'd had to leave his home, his pa had married twice and his new ma whipped him every day or two. So he saddled up old Chaw one night and lit a shuck this way and now he's trying to paddle his own canoe. He said if we would give him work, he'd do the best he could, though he didn't know straight up about a cow. So the boss, he cut him out a mountain, kindly put him on, for he sought her like that little kid somehow. Learn him to wrangle horses and try to know them all and get them in that daylight if he could. To follow the chuck wagon and always hitch the team and to help the Cosonero rustle wood. We had driven to the Pecos, the weather being fine. We had camped on the south side in a band. When an order commenced blowing, we had doubled up our guard, for it taken all of us to hold them in. Little Joe the Wrangler was called out with the rest, though the kids had scarcely reached the herd. When the cattle they stampeded like a hailstorm long they fled, then we were all a-riding for the lead. 
Midst the streaks of lightning, the horse we saw in the lead was little Joe the Wrangler in the lead. He was riding old Blue Rocket with a slicker over his head, a trying to check the cattle in their speed. At last we got them milling and kind of quieted down, and the extra guard back to the wagon went. But there was one a-missing, and we knew it at a glance, was our little Texas Draper Anglin' Joe. Next morning, just at daybreak, we found where Rocket fell, down in a washout twenty feet below. And beneath the horse mashed to a pulp, his spur had rung his mail, was our little Texas Draper Anglin' Joe. Some bet that he would lose. But when the papers brought the news, he gave that kind of blue. So lay it, Joe. You got your best go. Levinsky made a few passes, and then he fell to the floor. Then the referee hollered, Hold it, Joe, for he won't be back no more. So lay it, Joe. You got the best go. Yeah, man, I'm betting on Joe. You got any money? I'll bet you. about Primo Canary, they thought he was so good, but Joe started chopping on his head like a farmer chopping wood, so chopping Joe, you got the best go, then Joe walked up to the man mountain and kindly shook his hand. Then Joe backed up a step or two and knocked him in the promised land. So knock it, Joe. You got the best go. Then Joe Lewis went to New York just to fight that champion bear. And before the fourth round ended up, Joe left him laying there. So lay it, Joe. You got the best go. But the bear, he took it easy. 
he didn't all go long. He went on back to California and bought him a cattle farm. He said, take it, Joe. You got your best boat. Who's next? Lil Johnson in Chicago, probably with Bob Call, better known as Black Bob on piano. Winner Joe, and that song was about the king, Joe Lewis. You could do an entire show of Joe Lewis songs. He was enormously popular and a truly beloved figure, both in the African-American world and the entire world. He was a humble man. He fought for civil rights. He lived a long life and became a role model for so many, many people. And Joe Lewis had at least 12, 15 songs written about him. That's one of the most obscure ones. I'd never heard that until today. Winter Joe, Lil Johnson generally sang kind of risque blues tunes, but here she is singing about the great boxer. You know, folks, if you're just tuning in to American Grooves, you'll hear that there's a little like bacon frying in the back of some of those recordings. Well, I'm not frying bacon. I'm playing old shellac 78s. They have something known as surface noise. Can't avoid it because shellac was a very rigid, hard substance that they made these records with. They're not vinyl. Vinyl came later, and vinyl was a smoother, softer surface that pretty much eliminated this extraneous snap, crackle, and pop surface noise that you hear. Hey, but it's great music, and I try not to clean out that noise because what they used to do in the 1960s when they reissued old 78s is they would deaden all the high ends to get rid of the surface noise, and the recording sounded so flat and I, I firmly believe a little surface noise, you know, is way better than flattening the thing out. So you're going to hear a little bit of that on the recordings I play, but you're also going to hear the liveness of these direct disc recordings. And that certainly was one of them. Thank you. 
Plantation Serenaders, recorded in London in 1926 with Johnny Dunn, stood about seven feet tall playing the trumpet. He was an American trumpet player that recorded early on uh, as as an African-American jazz player, maybe right before King Oliver, somewhere around 1922, 23. Uh, Johnny Dunn made some of the first African American jazz records, and then in the early twenty, in the mid twenties, he went over to London and was enormously successful, playing with so many different people, appearing in films, and really having a career that was near impossible for him to have in the very racially segregated. United States at the time. A lot of African-American jazz and blues people went over to Europe, went over to London because they were not discriminated against like they were in the United States at the time. So sad. In America, they could have been headlining at the Apollo Theater, but they'd still be having to find a hotel that would take African-American musicians and actors because they just couldn't go to the Ritz. And that is a sad fact, and that did not change until the late 1950s. I remember speaking with Herb Hardesty of the Fats Domino Band. Herb played with Fats from 1949 to pretty much the end. And he told me that, you know, the civil rights era in the early 60s was such a celebratory thing for him and his fellow musicians because finally they could actually stay in any hotel that they wanted up north. And before the Plantation Serenaders, we heard Fiddlin' Doc Roberts, recorded in 1928 on the Jeanette label out of Richmond, Indiana. And that tune, that fiddle tune that he wrote, that he came up with, was called Brickyard Joe. So we're following in our Joe tunes. Somehow we haven't run out of steam yet, but we're beginning to run out of time. And so uh, let me get a couple of other tracks in there before I come back and say goodnight.
went a little bit beyond our general rule of not playing anything after 1940, but that was a song by a band I never heard of called the Criss Cross Orchestra, recorded probably somewhere around 1952, a tune called Take It, Joe, and I like it because everybody gets a piece, particularly the stand-up bass, and being it's my birthday time, I'm a bass player, nice to hear a little bass solo. Wasn't me, of course. <laughs> but anyway, that was the Criss Cross Orchestra. And uh, I think we're going to leave you all tonight with just one of my favorite New Orleans jazz tunes. Here's something recorded in 1926 by the New Orleans Wanderers, which is basically Louis Armstrong's Hot Five without Lewis. They got George Mitchell playing a great trumpet with the Dodds brothers. Well, Johnny Dodds on, on clarinet and Lil Hardin and Kid Ori. Pedito Street Blues. Good night, folks.
American Grooves Radio Hour is brought to you weekly on WLIW-FM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats. 